I just can't tell you how thankful I am to be part of such a, a wonderful, growing, loving church family. Thank you for being who you are and, and allowing the Lord to use you the way that you do. We're wrapping up our series on the kingdom of God. And as we think about what it means to be part of a, a kingdom, a nation, a country, an empire, and, and contrasting the kingdom of God with the kingdoms of the world. I, I wonder if you were to kind of go back in time, if you were able to go back in time and, and talk to somebody who was a, a first century Roman, maybe somebody who's proud to be a Roman citizen, and you, you were to ask a first century Roman, what are the Roman people like? How do you think that person would answer? What are, what are Roman people like? Or if you were able to, to talk to a first century Greek and you were able to ask a, a first century Greek person and say, well, what, are the, what are the Greek people like? What are people from your nation like? Or if you were able to ask a, a first century Jew, what are the Jewish people like? What are the characteristics of, of your people? Well, what is it that, that you as a, as a people group have in common? Or if you were able to ask an American today, what are, what are American people like? What, what, what do American people have in common? What are the characteristics of American people? I think about the American national anthem. What is it that it says? The land of the free and the home of the brave. And maybe, maybe that, maybe bravery or strength might, might be characteristics that other people would have said about themselves. We're, we're brave people. We're strong people. We're proud people. What is it that if you were to able to, to ask people from different kingdoms and countries and nations and empires and say, what are, what are people from your, your group, what are they like? What are the characteristics of, of your group? And then let's think about us in our kingdom. The nation we're a part of as, as children of God, the kingdom of God, what, what kind of people are citizens of God's kingdom? How would, how would you answer that? How would Jesus answer that? What kind of people are citizens of God's kingdom? Would we use the same kinds of words that people of other nations and kingdoms and empires and countries would use to describe themselves? Or would it be like, like, the, other, like the other characteristics of the kingdom of God? Would, would the kind of people who are citizens of God's kingdom, would those characteristics be as fundamentally different as the nature of the kingdom itself? What kind of people are citizens of God's kingdom. That's exactly what we're going to talk about and what Jesus is going to, to tell us. And, and actually, it's, it's kind of shocking and surprising. So if you have your Bible, look at Luke chapter 18 and verse 15. And I thought it was very fitting that today that we had Parent Milestone and we, we recognized and celebrated the babies that have been born, that this is the text that we consider. Now, they were bringing even infants. And Luke Luke emphasizes that word in his account. They were bringing even infants, not just children, but infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Now, as I understand it, that in that culture, the way they thought about children 
is very different than the way we tend to think about children. Thankfully, we've come to, to value children a whole lot more than they did in the first century. But in the first century, the, the value of children or the value of infants probably wouldn't have been seen as very high. And so the disciples who are trying to manage, seems like they're trying to manage, it, manage Jesus' time and, and his resources, they, they see these people bringing their infants to Jesus and they think, what a, what a waste of time that is for Jesus. It's, it's beneath him. It's beneath his dignity to, to waste time on, on children. Now, I wonder if we were to think about the way that we tend to rank people in our culture, the way we tend to think about well, who, who is it that you think of as beneath your dignity or a waste of your time, or, or who is it that you think of as important people, people that are worth your time, people that, yes, I would like to spend time with these kind of people. If these kind of people want my time or want my attention, I would gladly spend time with them. Who is it that we think of as valuable people? You think about celebrities, rich people, talented people, famous people, funny people, beautiful people, smart people, people with lots of credentials, people with lots of letters after their name, or people with lots of money in their bank accounts. What is it that we think of when we think of someone who is important? And, and the disciples apparently did not think that these infants being brought to Jesus were very important, or that they were worth his time. And so they rebuked them and told them, no, 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 don't bring your, your children to Jesus. Verse 16, but Jesus called them to him saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Now, I don't want us to miss this, that Jesus, Jesus obviously values them for them, for their own sake. Not because of anything they've done, because these children haven't done anything yet. Not because of what they know, because they don't know anything yet. He values them because they are the image of God. He values them for, for them, for their own sake. And that's incredibly important. But here's something he says that is especially relevant for us as we think about the kingdom of God. He says, to such belongs the kingdom of God. To such belongs the kingdom of God? I mean, again, if you were to ask somebody, what does it mean to be Roman? What kind of people are the Roman people? What does it mean to be Greek? What, what, what kind of people are the Greek people? What does it mean to be Jewish? What kind of people are the Jews? What does it mean to be American? What kind of people are the Americans? And when Jesus describes his kingdom, he says, you see those infants? Those little bitty babies? To such, to people like that, belongs the kingdom of God. I mean, that's shocking, isn't it? He doesn't point at a warrior. He doesn't point at a scribe. He doesn't point at a philosopher. He doesn't point at a king. He doesn't point at a smart person or a rich person or a talented person or a beautiful person. He points at an infant and says, do you see those children? Let them, let them come to me. I'll bless them. I'll spend time with them. Why? Because to such 
as them belongs the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is saying, I like the way one commentary puts it. Craig Keener in his commentary says, Jesus says that the kingdom belongs to, this is the next slide, I think. Jesus says that the kingdom belongs to the nobodies, those who do not approach it on the merits of their own status. Right? Because the babies don't have any merits of their own status. They know nothing. They have nothing. They've done nothing. And Jesus says to people like that, to such as these, these kinds of people are the kingdom of God people. Those who receive my kingdom, those who inherit my kingdom, Jesus says are the people who are like these babies. He goes on to say, verse 17, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Did you hear that? If you want to inherit it, if you want to receive it, if you want to enter into it, you've got to be like a, what? Child. You've got to be like them. Again, it's shocking that Jesus says these kinds of people are kingdom people. Other empires and kingdoms and nations and countries, they pride themselves on being all kinds of different things. Wise people, smart people, rich people, strong people, mighty people, warrior people. Jesus says the kingdom of God people the people that enter into the kingdom of God, the people that receive the kingdom of God, the people that are going to inherit the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. Well, think about what he says in the Beatitudes. They're the people that weep and mourn, the people who are persecuted, the people that are meek, the people that are hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God. And here he says, it's the people that are like infants, like Babies, And if you want to be one of those who enter into and receive and inherit the kingdom of God, you have to receive it like a child. Now, how does a child, how does an infant receive anything? An infant doesn't, doesn't try to receive something based on who they are, do they? It's just based on need. It's like the song we just sang. I am your child. I am in need. A baby never says, do you know who I am? Do you you know who I am? Do you know what I've done? Who who do you think you're talking to here? I'm somebody. I'm important. baby never says that. A baby never says, do you know how much money I've given to this organization? Right? A baby doesn't try to receive anything based on his or her status, on their merits. They don't have any trophies to show. They don't have any letters after their name. They don't have any accolades. They haven't achieved anything. They don't have a big bank account. They don't drive a fancy car. They have no status symbols. And Jesus says, you want to know what kingdom of God people are like? They're like that. You want to receive the kingdom of God? Be like that. You want to inherit the kingdom of God? Be like that. Because those of you that think, you know who I am? You know what I've done? Do you know how much money I've given? Do you know what I'm capable of? Do you know how much power I have? 
forget it. If you have that attitude, if you have that mindset, if that's the kind of person you are, that you're proud of your strength and your power and your might and your money, forget it. The kingdom doesn't belong to people like that. The kingdom belongs to people who are like these babies, who have no status, who have achieved nothing, who know nothing, and who receive from their parents and receive from God based solely on their need. I am your child, and I am in need. If you want to receive the kingdom of God, that's the only way to do it. Humble, loyal faith. Jesus goes on, and Luke records this in the same context. Look at verse 18. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. A couple things there. One, by asking, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? We're, we're still talking about the same subject. This is the kingdom of God. Eternal means for the age, or specifically for the age to come. What do I need to do to live in the coming kingdom? What do I need to do to have life for the age to come? In that age to come when God rules and reigns, when God is all in all, when God makes all things new, what do I need to do to have life in that age? And he, Jesus focuses here on the fact that this ruler calls him good. He says, why do you call me good? Now, Jesus isn't denying being good because Jesus is good. He's not even denying being God because Jesus is God. But I think what he's asking is, why do you use that term good so flippantly? What, what are you basing that on? And I think he's saying only God is good, not as a denial of his goodness or his godness, but as a denial of the other man's goodness. Because really, this man thinks of himself as being good, doesn't he? He thinks he probably deserves life in the age to come. What else do I need to do? He says this. Jesus says, verse 20, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. He specifically focuses on commandments here that you could know. Kept that one. Kept that one. I'm good there. Check that box. And he, the ruler, said, All things I have kept from my youth. I've done, I've done those things. I've kept those things. And maybe that's true. He has done those things. He, he hasn't broken any of those commandments. And based on that, he probably feels like he deserves life in the age to come. I, I deserve eternal life. I, I, think I've, I think I've got it. I think I've achieved it. Verse 22, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Okay, that's great. You have all of that. Here's what I need you to do. Start over. Start over. Begin again. Sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor. Come follow me. Demonstrate your loyalty, your, your faith in me, by, by selling everything that you have and start over. Begin again. It's very similar to what Jesus told Nicodemus in John's account of the gospel. Do you remember? 
What what do you need to do to, to be saved, to have life in the kingdom? Be born again by the water and the spirit. Start over. Now, a baby doesn't mind starting over, right? Because the baby's just started anyway. But somebody that's a ruler, somebody that's rich, somebody that's done a lot of good, somebody that's been really religious, offered a lot of sacrifices, spent a lot of time at the temple, did a lot of things right, and now Jesus says, give it all away. Start over. Empty out your bank account. Come, follow me. That's a big deal, isn't it? And and don't think that this is just kind of a (laughs) one-off. That Jesus is just saying this to this person in particular. He said this kind of thing to everyone who wanted to follow him. If you don't hate your mother and your father, your, your wife, your children, your own life, if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, then you can't be my disciple. You have to put me first above everything. And if you're not ready to despise all that you have and all that you were and start over, be born again, then this life of discipleship, this life of the kingdom, this eternal life is not for you. And so he tells this man, here's what you need to do. You need to start over. You need to be born again. You need to sell everything that you have and come follow me. Going on, verse 23. But when he heard these things, he became very sad. For he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Whew, that's tough, isn't it? He says, It is difficult for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. Now, I mean, contrast that with every other kingdom, with every other nation, with every other country. I mean, who would say that about their nation? Who would say that about their kingdom? It's very difficult for rich people to be part of our group. It's very difficult for wealthy people to be be citizens of our kingdom. Who, Who says things like that? Jesus. Why? Because in order to be part of this kingdom, you have to receive it like a child. And a wealthy person, and by the way, that's probably most of us, a wealthy person has a very hard time receiving anything like a child. Because in the back of our mind, we think, yeah, but I've done quite a bit here. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've accomplished? Can't you see my status symbols? Don't you know that I'm somebody? And Jesus says, as long as you think like that, the kingdom is not for you. In order to receive the kingdom, in order to enter the kingdom, in order to inherit the kingdom, you have to be done thinking that way. You have to receive the kingdom like a child. You have to start over and say, listen, Father, it all belongs to you. I'm nothing. I've done nothing. I have nothing. I know nothing. I am your child. I am in need. Nothing I have merits anything. I don't don't come here. I don't approach your throne of grace thinking that I deserve your mercy 
thinking that I deserve your blessings, thinking that I deserve your inheritance. I can't come to you based on who my parents were. I can't come to you based on my pedigree. I can't come to you based on my wealth. I can't come to you based on my accomplishments. And Jesus says wealthy people have a hard time doing that. And it's not just wealthy people. It's also people that have done a lot of anything, that have a lot of anything. It's very hard when you've accomplished a lot, when you've been successful by the world's standards. It's very hard for us to come to the kingdom because in order to come to the kingdom, we have to approach the kingdom like a child. He says, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a wealthy person to inherit the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God. Now, some, I, I don't know where it came from, but somebody once upon a time said, well, maybe there was a gate in Jerusalem called the eye of a needle. And maybe that's what Jesus is talking about, this camel going through there. and Maybe try to make it a little more palatable. As far as we know, there was no gate. So if you've ever heard that, there was no gate called eye of a needle. And Jesus wasn't talking about that. He was talking about, a, you've seen a needle, right? A sewing needle, tiny little eye. It's all I can do to get a string through that thing. And Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, is that exaggeration? Is he using hyperbole? Of course he is. But he's doing it to make a point. We have a figure of speech that's very similar. We say when pigs fly, right? When pigs fly. What we mean is it's pretty much impossible. It's nearly impossible. What? What? Jesus, what are you saying? If a wealthy person like this ruler, I mean, he's done a lot of good. He's kept the commandments. He's spent a lot of time at the temple. He's offered a lot of sacrifices. And you're saying if, if he, it's almost impossible for him to get in? If that's true for him, what about for the rest of us? Verse 26, those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with who? God. That's the good news, church. That's the whole point, church, isn't it? That it's impossible with man, but it's possible with God. It's impossible with man to get into the kingdom of God. You can't do it. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how smart you are or how many sacrifices you've offered, how obedient you've been, how faithful you've been. If God doesn't do it, if God doesn't give it to you, if it's not by his grace and his mercy and his love, you don't get in. He can change you and he can bring you into his kingdom. But as long as you think, what more can I do? What more can I do? Show me the things that I need to do. I, I can do it. I can accomplish it. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. If I earn a little bit more, do a little bit more, or I serve a little bit more, or I do this a little bit more, Jesus says, listen, in order to get into the kingdom, you got to start over. None of that means anything. Sell it all. Give it away. Come follow me. Be like a baby. That's how you receive the kingdom of God. That's how you receive the kingdom of God. Does that mean we need to empty out our bank accounts? No, no. But it does mean that none of that merits anything. None of that. Whether it's the things that you've earned, the things that you've done, the things that you know, 
None of that merits anything. You cannot do this. It is impossible for you to enter the kingdom of God by your own work, by your own merit. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. To be saved, you have to let go of your pride. How much of it? All of it. All of it. You have to let go of all of it. You have to say, I boast in nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I have no wisdom to boast in. I have no knowledge to boast in. I have no possessions to boast in. I have no wealth to boast in. I have no accomplishments to boast in. I have no successes to boast in. I am nothing without him. I am your child. I am in need. In order to inherit the kingdom of God, like a newborn baby, take no pride in what you know, what you own, or what you've done. As long as we try to come to God by our own accomplishments, we will never get there. You cannot be a part of this kingdom as long as you think that you have earned your way here. You have to start over. You have to be born again. You have to become like a newborn baby taking no pride in what you know, what you own, or what you've done. In just a minute, we're going to break the bread and we're going to share the cup together. And I encourage you to think about the, the object lesson we've had this morning. Think about those babies and the way the, those babies receive from their parents, not based on what they know, not based on what they own, not based on what they've done, but simply based on their need and their trust that their parents love them and will give that to them. And that's the way we receive, enter into, and inherit the kingdom of God. We don't inherit it based on what we know, based on what we own, based on what we've done, but simply based on our need and our desperate dependence on Jesus who loves to lavish us with his grace and his mercy and his love. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, before we even break the bread, before we even share the cup, you're ready to put Jesus on in baptism, to start over, to sell everything, to follow him, to die, to die to yourself and be buried with Jesus in baptism, being raised up, a new person to say, from this point on, it all belongs to you. It all belongs to you. I will loyally follow you. My hands belong to you. My wealth belongs to you. My feet belong to you. My mind belongs to you. I am nothing, but everything I am and everything I have belongs to you. If you're ready to be baptized into Jesus, this morning would be a great time to do that. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to him, or maybe you need prayers or encouragement. We'd love to help you any way we can. As together we stand, sing this song.